Morning, team. Four minutes past five. It's nice to be company. Trust you well. I met a lady the other day on a bicycle. And I can't remember her name. I just know she works in the Nat West in Twickenham. And her dad, I think he might be called Don, listens to this programme. And then another lady called Sandra Singh, who's a nurse at the West Middlesex Hospital, listens to this programme as well. I get loads of nurses. You remember after the operation, you go in for the operation, there I am, seat in stirrups, sorry, uh, legs in stirrups, nothing on. Not a pretty sight, it has to be said. And four people inside the operating theatre go, oh, we listen to you, Steve. Oh, God, you just want the, uh, the ground to open up, don't you, and, and drop in. Anyway, nice to be company this morning. I trust you are well. A little bit later on, we'll have a chat to uh, Roger Foss. There's no, uh, no Paul Savory this morning. He's got a busy day. He's a, he's a businessman by trade, so consequently a very, very busy day, but he'll be back with us the same time next week. Dreadful, isn't it, really? I mean, poor, poor old Dawn and Ashley Cope yesterday. Well, we know Steve Hargrave, who wasn't feeling at all well. And I think they, they dragged him out of bed to go and do Spandau Ballet, because apparently Spandau Ballet are getting back together again. I've looked at the picture in the paper. Uh, they all look OK. Uh, they look a bit older, a little bit bigger. Strangely enough... The, uh, the Kemp boys look exactly the same to me. The only person who doesn't is uh, drummer Keeble, who looks as though he has aged quite a bit. All the rest of them look quite fresh-faced. And so they had this, uh, this reunion. They, they could make loads of money. Apparently it's after the Kemp's uh, father died or mother died or both died uh, that they decided to end this feud. Because after a while, you do wonder, don't you, if you've had an argument that's run for a long time and you think to yourself... What was that argument over? What the heck was that over? And you can't remember. And a year or two goes by, and then all of a sudden you start speaking to people. You know, and it's generally over sort of somebody bringing in fruit or something like that, and they sort of try and pretend they bought it off somebody in the market. Whereas, in fact, really, you know, you look at it, it's not as good standard as it could be. Anyway, so, Spandau Ballet, back together, very nice indeed. Yes, we'll have them in, and yes, we'll, we'll probably go. Uh, the sad news was that Fern is going to quit. Uh, she wants to spend more time with her family. I don't believe it. I don't believe it of uh, her, and I don't believe it of um, Fiona Phillips, who also said she was leaving GMTV to spend more time with her family. All this week, she's cropped up on Loose Women, and it has to be said, much as though I love Fiona Phillips, she's way out of her depth. Way out of her depth. It's a programme with a lot of women talking. When she did GMTV, she didn't actually have to, uh, to do anything. There was just her and a co-host, and because she was main presenter of the programme, it, it, it just went on. And so she didn't have to compete. When you've got four other women on the panel and they all want to get their, their six penneth in, you're fighting. So Fiona's on there and I thought, well, wait a minute, I thought you said you, you left to spend more time with your family. It's a load of old rubbish, really. People just get bored and they go, uh, I'm going to spend more time with my family. What they're saying with Fern, and it's in all the papers today, whether you believe it or you believe it not, I take most of this stuff with a pinch of salt. They're saying it's because of money. They're saying it's because, Fer, uh, because Philip... Schofield earns far more, far more money than she does. But that's quite normal in, in business. I mean, you will probably find, I should imagine, you, you could run through most television programmes where there is a, a male host and a female host. No matter how much they are loved and adored, some people... I remember saying to a boss years ago, just to highlight a case, I remember saying uh, I was doing a programme on the... St- this is a long, long, long time ago. And uh, there was another person doing a programme on the station and I, I discovered how much they earned a programme because we get paid per programme that's why you never find presenters going off sick, they might go on holiday but they don't go sick because if you go sick you don't earn money because you only earn money if you're actually working because you get paid on the daily basis and, and I remember going, going to the management and saying listen why am I not earning the same money as so and so 
And and they said, well, I don't know, really, because she sort of came in after you, because you were on a different sliding pace scale. I said, well, how do I earn more money? And they said, well, the only way it's ever going to happen is if you leave and come back. So I did precisely that. I left LBC and came back a few weeks later. I think it was about three months later. And lo and behold, my pay, well, trebled, actually, to be honest with you. It didn't do too badly. Because I remember coming off nights here when I was doing overnight. And somebody wrote in and went, I'm so sorry about your... you perked up now, haven't you? Look at that. Isn't that funny? Look at... Four raspberries and you've perked up. Anyway, so, uh, good old Tracy. So, it's, uh, it's a case of, oh, I'm terribly sorry, Steve. You were doing four hours, now you're only doing a two-hour programme. How are you going to cope with a pay cut? And I said, well, strangely enough, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work per hour. It kind of works on the programmes. So because this programme starts uh, at the time when everybody's getting up and enters the breakfast period between six and seven... It's actually not a bad gig to get, it has to be said. You know, you can't. I, I never complain about anything. I can afford to sort of put food on my table or my lap, and I can afford to put clothes on my body and put the heating on on a cold winter's night. And it was a cold winter's night last night. Do you know, I nearly put bed socks on. I nearly. I climbed into bed. You know where you find that cold bit in the bed? And you, your feet are moving around. You're thinking, oh, it's cold. And then you move your feet onto a hot bit of your body, and you go, my God, my feet are cold. And I thought, I'm going to have to put socks on. And I remember years ago, my mother used to have bed socks. And I'm not a pyjama person. Bit of a giveaway, I know. But I, don't, I can't wear pyjamas. Some people are very good at wearing pyjamas. I just kind of find them a hindrance. You know, it's all right for some people. I think some people need to wear pyjamas. So if ever there was uh, a fire, you know, I'm going to be out on the street in my pants... Just thought I'd let you know now, just in case we're thinking of setting fire to the place, it's a good opportunity of seeing Steve Allen in his pants on the street. Or failing that most Friday nights when I've had a couple of sherbets. I mean, there's not too much between it, I'm afraid. Um, Lots of stories in the papers, apart from Fern quitting over Phil, say, the Mirror. Uh, I don't believe that that's the case. I really don't. But they say it's three quarters of a million pounds a year she's turned down. Seven hundred odd thousand pounds a year for doing that. Now, that's not bad money. In televisual terms, it's OK. It's not fantastic. I can think of people who are earning more money than that. Well, Jonathan Ross, for example, earns far more money. I'm not doing that how low again. I'm really not. I'm sick to death of these things. Yesterday, we were expected on the how low, and frankly, I had a bit of a to-do over the blooming thing, because I said, I'm not giving it away. I said, I'm not going to give away a Dell computer. I said, it's stupid. I said, why are we giving away quality items in the how low? And today, they've come back as if a slap in the face with a kipper, a 42-inch television and a Nintendo Wii I'm expected to give away on this programme. Well, I'm not doing it. I don't think you deserve it as yet. I've checked most of your postcodes out. We've had a quick look on that Google Map thing. And I, and I thought to myself, no, no, no. Many of you are just not deserving of this programme. I think you need to go and listen to Mantovani records or something like that. Some this morning tell you that, uh, again... It's poor old Fern Britton sensationally quit this morning amid claims she's sick of being upstaged by Philip Schofield. Now, I don't believe that. I really don't. I watch them together. I'm normally pretty good on, on spotting fake relationships. I'm normally pretty good at, at sort of looking at people and kind of getting something back from them. Sheer hatred most of the time. But, I mean, you, but you, can, you can feel it. So, you know, people sort of couch in the morning, like, yeah, would you like a salsa? No. You know, and then to the next day, trying to win you over. Oh, I've got some fruit here, which I've got from... You know, like, you know like I'm going to be impressed, you know. Produce a £50 note and we might be talking. You know, little cheap bag of raspberries from Tracy on the market isn't exactly going to win me over, I'm afraid. I mean, I know the girl did her best because she probably nicked him in the first place. Because, I mean, it does look like that. Because in the middle of the box of raspberries, there is a leaf. Now, I don't know how many people you know pick raspberries with leaves on. 
but it's got a leaf, and I'm, I've, ta- I've taken it out of the box, and I'm going to have it done by a forensic scientist, because I reckon it's probably of a crime scene, this thing. No two ways about it. Anyway, sorry about that. I had to do that, I'm sorry. It's generally because I can't eat any more raspberries this morning. People say you've got to eat five bits of fruit a day, and frankly, I mean, raspberries, you shouldn't eat too many raspberries, because they do whiz through your body a little bit quick. So uh, I had a chocolate biscuit instead. How about that? Much better for you. Now, I, I, don't, I don't want to mention it this early in the programme because I'm feeling particularly vitriolic this morning. Not just this morning, actually. It's most mornings. People say, you know, you're very grumpy, aren't you? I said, no, no, just been in a bad mood for the last 36 years. And, and I did watch The Apprentice last night. And I watched it uh, just out of a sense of duty. I'm, I'm not really interested that much in television programmes. I'm not really interested in The Apprentice. Sometimes I just watch it to see who's going to pop up on LBC doing a programme. But I was watching it the other evening, and I looked at this bunch of uglies. There's no two ways about it. These people... We've now got to the stage, I think, on The Apprentice, where these people are, are the losers... They're life's little losers. They can't do anything else. So they come up with stupid phrases like, you know, I'm a leader. I'm a leader in this. And last night, they had to send uh, the girls and the boys out to wash cars. Now, you'd have to be as thick as a plank not to know that washing cars is now done very cheaply. Even in London, I can go out and get a car my size uh, cleaned, not inside, so I don't let them inside the car because it... Strangely enough, the inside doesn't get dirty at all. So I don't smoke and I don't drop sweet wrappers everywhere. But the outside of the car, washed and dried, I can get it done for six quid. OK, six pounds, which I think is good value, and I always give them two pound extra. So that's eight pounds, and they can do it in about ten minutes. Ten, fifteen minutes. Two people, done, go through it. You've seen the car washes throughout London. This bunch of dimbos the other night go out there and they all think that they're walking the walk and talking the talk. Frankly, if they came in, most of them you'd have called the police. There's one, I can't remember her name, but she appeared to be leading the girls. They go to this uh, smart place, and they're selling very nice cars. They're selling Mercedes, Lamborghinis. uh, They're selling Bentleys, all kinds of stuff like that. And so she goes in there, the big I am, and gives it all this bunny. Well, it was frankly like listening to a five-year-old. I mean, she didn't have the faintest idea. She leans on the counter, and she goes, uh, right, we're willing to clean your, your cars out. Of the front. I thought she was very intimidating. I'd have kicked her out last night. And, in fact, even Alan Sugar said, you know, you're that close to being kicked out. Because, frankly, not one of them's got an ounce of brain power or intelligence at all. So they, they say to this bloke, uh, right, we're willing to clean uh, three of your, your cars here on the front. That's inside and out the valet, and we'll do it for £300. So the bloke in the garage goes, you know, he quite clearly thought he'd misheard. So this woman leans on the counter and goes, 300. That's a really good deal. And, and if you like it, then we'll, we'll clean three, three cars. 100 pound, 100 pound a car, OK? Bearing in mind, I've just told you that I get mine done for six quid. That's outside. If I want it done inside, a car my size would be maximum 14 quid. Simple as that. And that's, you know, that's with leather upholstery and doing all the rest of it. So this bloke looks at her like she's stupid, which, of course, he's right. She is. And, uh, and she says, and, and if, it's, if it's good, then we'll, we'll get the contract to clean all your other cars inside it. There's another ten. So he goes, no. He said, we, we, we actually have a contract with the company. We pay a lot less than that. So she goes, how much less? So he goes, well, it, it's a lot less. Well, you can't be, she says. It can't, can't be done for less than that. She's quite clearly the world's stupidest woman, but as most of the apprentice people you've probably discovered, they bluff. How much did they end up going for and how much were the garage paying at the moment? I'll tell you. After the news headlines.
These are the stories you're waking up to. A 200-metre exclusion zone has been set up after a line-side fire involving gas cylinders at a farm in Essex. It happened just after midnight in Fearing. It's emerged a number of councils invested more than £30 million in banks in Iceland just days after they went bust. And a book of remembrance is being opened for Jade Goody at the church where her funeral will take place a week on Saturday. Check on the state of the roads. He's finally returned. Actually, later on, I've got a great farm story for you, Hugh Broom. I can hardly wait. Oh, it's, it's a very good one, actually. It's a, it? one that gladdens the heart. Good. Uh, right, let's start with trains, actually. You've been hearing in the news uh, most of the night about the fo- Morning, everybody, and especially Tim in New Malden. You're absolutely right, Tim. It's hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> but just between our... Don't tell anybody, for God's sake. <laughs> Keeping it quiet. Anyway, so back to the uh, the apprentice thing. So they, they, they're standing there, and this girl who's the team leader... Now, I think... I, I can't remember, you might have to tell me what her name is. I thought it was Nola or Nola or something like that. Whatever it is, it's not pronounced the way that I thought it would have been pronounced. So she's the, she's the black girl. So she's there going, well, how, how much do you pay for cleaning these three cars? So the guy goes, we pay £60. She says, well, each? He goes, no, £20 a car. So it can't be done. So she's arguing with him. She's arguing, this arrogant little twerp with no, no business acumen at all is arguing with the bloke who's running the garage that sells Lamborghinis. Can't be done. You can't, well, they're doing it, sweet pea. They're cleaning them for this price. Anyway, it's, uh, it's hilarious. So in the end, she comes down to, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do it for 40 quid a car. And if we're any good, then we'll, we'll, we'll arrange um, a, a deal for your other cars. So they do them. Well, they're quite clearly, as you say, and if you watch the programme and you watch the bits back, they're the stupidest people in the world. They've got no idea how to clean a car. I'm not saying that women don't know how to clean cars. They didn't even know how to polish a car. They didn't know how to clean the inside. They didn't actually... At one point, they had bits of fluff all over the seats. I mean, it was just disgusting for a luxury car company. And quite rightly, the guy at the end said, I'm terribly sorry, you're not getting the contract. Why? Because you can't clean cars. I can't put luxury cars out like that. This one was going off to a client. And it's disgusting. It'll have to be done again. And to listen to these arrogant... Then you see them. All they want to be, these people. Anybody on The Apprentice, they just want to be famous. They just want to be famous. That's all it is. They're so desperate because they're so stupid. Most of them are cracked upstairs. They're not all there. There's something the matter with them. And when you watch it back, if you haven't seen it by now... And I'm not giving them undue publicity because, to be honest with you, I think that we should applaud the thickness of these bimbos and the, and the himbos on there. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh... I don't want to spoil it for a mannequin. You're not seeing it, so put fingers in ears, because the reject last night is, uh, is Anita Shah, otherwise known as Miss Bloody Misery. Well, a face that could kill people at 20 paces. Yeah, mm, I mean, really, she's got one of life's miserable faces. She thinks she's really bright. She was as stupid as anything. She claims to be a lawyer. Christ knows what sort of lawyer she is. But anyway, she says, I'm going to write a book about him. Darling Anita, your five seconds is up. Go away, you stupid little waste of space. She says, I can't write specifically about Sir Alan, but put it this way, it'll be based on everything I've learned in my life, including my... St- well, you don't look as though you've learned anything at all, dear, because you've got to the age of 35 and you're as thick as a brick. Uh, it's Well, I think perhaps it's a... Co- I've suddenly realised, actually, I'm doing myself a disservice here. It's a colouring book. I do beg your pardon. It'll be a colouring book of poor old Anita and her miserable bloody face... And um, she says, um, I, I actually should have been more aggressive, but it's not me. No, you're just useless, dear. There's only two ways about it. Everybody who watched you will realise what a complete pillock you are. And it was hilarious watching you. You seriously think that you're clever? No, you're not. You're absolutely not. You are as dim as a board. And dear 
God in heaven, I don't ever want to see you on television again, because that's all they are, these people. They're just people for whom life has passed them by, and somebody said, oh, you should go on The Apprentice. You're, you're thick. So they go on there, and they wear their thick, and none of them, not one of them, knows how to behave in business. They, and I don't, I don't quite get it myself. I think, deliberately, they must be looking for life's stupid people. You know, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, 84850, uk. Um, I am Jeff, absolutely, really happy. No, it's not called Hilo, it's Howlo. Hilo is something, it's like, Hilo, it's probably, you know, hello. <laughs> but, uh, yes, absolutely. And I don't understand the last, with this, what's that? I don't understand what that bit is. No, we don't understand that. We we, we think you're a bit barking, I'm afraid. <laughs> Just north of, north of Dagenham. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Um, uh, sad to hear Fern leaving this morning, says Michelle. I think it's about the money. Fiona was terrible in Loose Women yesterday. Go and spend time with your family, Fiona. Leave Loose Women. End up doing us all a favour. Most people don't like her on there. Absolutely terrible. Uh, another one here. Uh, what has Jack Tweed been living on? Does he claim benefits? No, he has done a couple of reality shows. So if he's, if he's made fifteen, twenty thousand quid, that'll see him for a year. But it's, it seems to have emerged, and I, I poo-pooed the idea yesterday. How can they know what's in Jade's will yet? As far as I know, it's not been read. Although, she saved herself a fortune. She saved herself a fortune. Now, far be it from me to say she only married Jack Tweed to get away with inheritance tax, because now that she married Jack Tweed, she doesn't have to pay over a million pounds in inheritance tax. Because she married Jack Tweed. If she'd been single, she'd have been paying inheritance tax. But she married Jack. Consequently, you don't pay it. I mean, it's a right little fiddle, if you ask me. Quite clever, but of course he gets nothing. Nothing, which is fantastic. Nobody could be happier than me and every single person I've ever spoken to in my entire life and people I haven't spoken to. We're all happy as well. Even people who don't even know me are happy for me to realise that I'm extremely happy that Jack Tweed's going to get nothing. So, by marrying... I reckon somebody said to her, that you'll never prove otherwise, somebody said, listen, marry him, OK? It'll, you know, it'll, listen, you fancy him anyway. You might as well marry him. I mean, I mean, the fact is that, you know, he's a bit stupid and he's a thug and he's convicted for two assaults now and he'll probably go to prison. But, uh, as I say, he'll, he'll probably end up meeting a nice boyfriend inside. So, and if you marry him, you can save yourself a million pounds and you can make money from the wedding. So that will give you... So she left about three million quid, OK? Three million quid in cash. But if she'd, had to, if she'd not married him, she'd have only had two million. And as the whole thing was to make loads of money, I think she's had the last laugh. I think she's... Yeah, I really love you. Really love you. Not really. But anyway, I'm saving a million quid. Plus, we're making a shed load at the same time. I think that's how it works. Because somebody must have said to her, listen, you know, if, if we work out your money, if you make some money from this, you know you'll be paying inheritance tax of 40%. And she said, well, how do I get around it? Get married. But I'm really ill. Get married. Sell the rights to the wedding. As long as you're married, that's fine. You won't have to pay... And it's over a million pounds. I mean, who wouldn't want to save that? Crack it. The end of your life... Even my producer would get married. Should we go, how much money can I make? Th- 30,000. Get married straight away. Anything to save that. One here. Steve. So Jack Tweed is to write a book about his time with Jade. Monday, went out for curry with friends of mine. Wednesday, went out for Chinese with friends. Friday, went to a club with a couple of girls. Saturday, went to football. Sunday, popped back to see Jade. He said, I definitely will not be buying the book. Well, see, the trouble is, and here's, here's where the rub will come. If the book gets published, which it might, which it might... All he needs is a serialisation in a paper. And you'll see him popping up to be interviewed by Philip and Fern or Loose Women or something like that. 
You certainly won't be hearing him on In Conversation. Uh, the deal was to clean the Hummers. It was the second girl team who lost out on cleaning the ten cars. Oh, the Hummers were just ridiculous. Uh, eight for eight five oh. Steve at LBC. Tim, yeah, it makes us laugh around here. Absolutely wet ourselves laughing. It's so funny, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you're so right first time round. So right. But at least, at least we get the text in for me, sir. Keep sending them. Uh, eight for eight five oh. Yeah, we do, actually. I've just read it out, Tim. Well, I mean, for goodness sake, come on. You know, I've just read it out. But, you know, it's fantastic, isn't it? We are laughing. We really are. Uh, Anita looks like she's walked into a brick wall, says Patrick. Yeah, I think she has, actually. Poor soul. But she's in the paper. So, how much does Philip Schofield earn? OK, I'm telling you now, for a fact, this is what he will earn. Uh, his ITV deal is worth, if memory serves me, uh, £2 million. OK. When he does Mr and Mrs... And this only goes to prove what I've said all the time. You're hopelessly out of touch if you don't know how much these people make. £45,000 a show. A show. And they generally do two or three in a day. You work it out for yourself how much is coming in. Uh, he does uh, host this morning, and he gets three quarters of a million for that. Plus, he's the host of a new game show called The Cube, which they're recording at the... No, they're coming up to recording, I think. So I've got some friends working on it. And he's also got Dancing on Ice. So what you're looking at is a serious amount of money. He's working for it, but it's a serious amount of money. What she earns for hosting Mr and Mrs with him, bearing in mind he gets 45000 she gets 15000 Now, you know, in most people's books, it's kind of... He's earning... 40, and she's only getting... So he's earning 30,000 more. Why? Because, sadly, he's the draw. She's not the draw. Even though everybody loves Fern, I think that the popularity disappeared a little bit after the gastric band saga, which ran and ran in the papers. I think that dented her a little bit. Uh, he's bankable. He's, he's, he's personable. He knows how to do something. He was the man, of course, the only person in living memory who's ever got one over on the BBC. The only man. How did he get over on the BBC? Because his grandmother invented Gordon the Gopher. He was the only children's TV presenter who owned the glove puppet he worked with. He made all the millions. LBC 97.3. Your 25 to 6. More news to gladden your heart. EastEnders on-off couple Gary Hobbs and Dawn Swan have been written out of the soap. They're going to exit Walford after a dramatic storyline this summer. A show insider said viewers will have to wait and see if there's a happy ending. I don't think anybody cares, actually. If, if viewers cared, they'd have saved them. Uh, Ricky Groves, who's played Mechanic Gary for almost ten years, and Cara Toynton, who plays Dawn, were due to end this year anyway. She says, it's been the best four years of my life. I'll always hold the show dear to my heart and be an avid fan. Yeah, right. Well, I hope you managed to get some work. I don't know where next, the poor old uh, Ricky Groves. I thought that ran out of, sto- uh, of storyline years ago. Years ago. Nobody cares. Uh, EastEnders boss, Diedrich Santa, paid tribute to their great performances. Ricky and Cara go with our thanks and best wishes. That's the thing, though, nowadays, isn't it? You put somebody in a soap and it's supposed to be short-term, and they end up being there for so many years that when finally they go, listen, we, we have to lose you because we've run out of storylines and there's no, there's no interest anymore. The one thing you've always got to do if you're in, in a story like uh, EastEnders or Coronation Street is you've got to have longevity. It's like being... In radio. I can only explain it the same way. There will always be on LBC a hardcore of people who will who will be there who form up LBC and then the other people will be interchangeable. 
You're always, you get that everywhere you go. So, in other words, when Fern leaves this morning, and I hope to God they don't give it to Eamon Holmes' wife. By the way, how much weight did he lose on that programme? Answer, practically nothing, I'm afraid. So I hope they don't give it to her. Uh, and they're also saying that there's loads of other people who could get the job on this morning. The show will, will remain the same. As long as you keep in a few key things like Phil Vickery and stuff like that, and you've got Denise Robertson, people will still watch it. You've always got to keep the hardcore, and then the other people are interchangeable. And as long as you've still got Philip there, I mean, I don't believe for a minute that the moment Fern leaves the show, people can say, well, that's it, I'm not watching that ever again. Because people like, like Philip. It's easy, isn't it, really? You can work it out very simply, all these pro... There is, there is a formula. There is a formula. 26 minutes to six is uh, the time. Here, I'm by myself this morning, so at least I could say good morning, Nathan Morley. Good morning, Steve Allen. Isn't it? What a, what a great day to be alive, isn't it? It is, yes. It is. It's I mean, been just... raining all night here, oh, and uh, well, yes, I just today. popped outside, yeah. and uh, the grass smells lovely. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it is... It, yesterday we had rain here. One minute, it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was nice and sunny, and the next minute, the heavens opened, and it was, it was a <laughs> deluge, and it was, it was like a monsoon. <laughs> it was a fantastic well, nothing monsoon. like a good wash for the car. Actually, I'm, I think I'm being spied on from a window over the road. I've just noticed somebody <laughs> with, their, with their curtain open, I think, looking here. They can't be looking down on the street. If, if I ask them to give me a you wave, a, do you think I'll, I'm going to get a wave from somebody sitting there? You have a voyeur. Maybe they have a video camera and they're posting it on YouTube. Do you think so? It could yeah. be the same person. That'd be quite nice. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind being posted on YouTube. Steve Allen uncovered. Not, not, not that I hardly feature on YouTube, as you well know. Look. <laughs> it's, it's a bit, I've it's seen a bit even a man just come in to have a quick look as well all of a sudden the curtain went went apart they're going hello <laughs> <laughs> like it, she doesn't like that at all it looks a bit like you got a peeping tom well, it could be a peeping thomas <laughs> who knows <laughs> how bizarre is that you want to get your tech guys to set up a, a small surveillance camera pointed at that window yeah. to see the pattern this bloke or lady takes. Yeah. Maybe there could be a drama saga. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm not sure, though, whether or not our windows from the outside are actually mirrored or if you can see in. Well, I, th- I, th- I, uh, think, it, well, I think it's a man. I think it's a ma- It's quite exciting, this, you know. We might have to might have to video this and then put it up on YouTube. Steve the, Allen's... The, the, the incredible case St- of Steve Allen's peeping Tom. Peeping Thomas. It, it, it has a ring to it. Isn't it fantastic? I quite like the idea. You know, I've only ever been stalked once before, and that was I was, I was a bit excited by that. Because in <laughs> the end, I started to... Well, I mean, it, admittedly, for some people, it's scary. For me, I just looked on this as an opportunity for somebody to carry my shopping for me. I thought, if you're following behind <laughs> me, we're going to the same place. You might as well bloody carry it. Made it and, so much and, easier. And did they oblige? No, they didn't. Sad. They run away screaming. screaming yeah, as well, they you do. see this as a problem. Probably Lunatics the and stalkers, and, uh, you know, it's an occupational hazard for you, I would imagine. Well, you know what it's like. One has to live with fame and fortune, and I suppose you just get used to the fact that people stop you and sort of want to touch and, you know, sign autographs <laughs> and stuff like <laughs> that. Just want to slap you. <laughs> <laughs> Never had that, actually, strangely enough. I'm always well-armed really? with my can of mace. Oh, yes. Uh, that, that's what... The, the Matt Goss told me a different story. Now, I don't know whether that's true. <laughs> what, Matt Goss, yes. <laughs> Poor old little yeah, Matt Goss. Not... Whatever happened to I'm Matt too... Goss... I think he's probably the guy behind that window. <laughs> you think so? Do you think he's sitting over there going, I can see him. I can see he's, him. If I actually throw gonna... <laughs> something. He's not, he's not going to let it go, is he? He's, <laughs> you know, he's, probably, he's probably bought the apartment oh, across the road. The lights there. have gone out. They've turned their lights off. Oh, you know the next thing is they're, they're going to start parading naked in front of the window. Oh, they're probably listening to this <laughs> yes. now on their, on their radio. And, and if, if you ask them to give you a wave... 
Yeah. They probably will. Yes, but the trouble is, it, 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 it's on. what they're waving with that worries me. <laughs> That's not to <laughs> ask. Thought that would be concerning. <laughs> I think they've actually turned the lights off so that they can watch us, but we can't see them. You know, it's, it's like, pretty you know kids, you know, kids stand there and they put their hands over the face and go, you can't see me, you can't see me. You go, of course I can see you. <laughs> yeah. I do stuff like that. This is the most bizarre conversation we have some morning. I mean... There was me prepared to talk about my enormous grapefruit. I know, and it ends up to, it, it ends up to be a peeping tom fest. Well, in fact, it's uh, actually it's... funny because you've been trying to talk about your enormous grapefruit for two weeks now. Well, I have. I mean, I know that you you, you just don't want to do my grapefruit, and then I thought, okay, I'll talk about Sherry Blair and her dud check. No, no. Uh, because uh, and and it just seems that that these subjects are not not very thrilling. Well, they are. It's only because when you headlined it, you said, I'd love to talk about an Israeli fruit. And I thought, I don't really want to do stuff like that at this time of the morning. You know, it's unnecessary. <laughs> but then I, I read Leave more... the grapefruit. Sorry? Leave the grapefruit. I'm not going to do the grapefruit. No, no, you, you have to do the grapefruit now. OK, I'll do the grapefruit very, very briefly, though, because oh. now, now we've talked about the grapefruit... It'll probably turn out to be one of those stories you go, well, why the bloody hell did you do that? It's a boring story. <laughs> but it's a big story in Ireland. Because, yeah. I, 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 as you're probably aware, after the incursion into Gaza by, by Israeli forces, there was a general boycott of Israeli goods in Ireland and many other European states. Uh, you know, such things as fruit and electronics. Um, and Aldi, which is a, a leading supermarket, a German supermarket chain across the EU, Mm-hmm. Uh, had a problem. They they had a ton of Israeli grapefruit to get rid of, and they started labelling it as produce of Cyprus. Oh. Now they put, you know, they denied this, uh, and uh, the, the, the the upshot was that they were confronted, you know, by by reporters, and they they said, well, it was a labelling error, uh, and the story rumbles on. Aldi have admitted that ten percent of all grapefruits sold in in, in Ireland. He's not produce of Cyprus. People think they're buying stuff from this country. Turns out it is Israeli because they have crates and crates of Israeli grapefruit rotting on the dockside. Mm. So obviously you can imagine the kind of uh, reaction that gets from Cypria farmers because Cyprus is known to have some of the best grapefruit in the world. Uh, to, so to have their, their stuff, you know, uh, uh, rebadged and relabeled and palmed off as something it's not uh, has, has irritated many of them here. And of course... You'll know this as well because you do, you do this consumer type thing. It's, it's, it's incredibly bad practice to hmm. mislabel food. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so, so obviously this, is, this has caused a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of problems for Aldi and they, they have unreservedly apologised to their customers and said that they will try and label things properly in the future. So we'll, no doubt we'll be keeping an eye on them. Wow. That's my story. I'm going there. Riveting, wasn't it? God, blimey, I can barely cope with that one. <laughs> Although, you, you are quite right, because sometimes I look at uh, fruit on the shelf and it's it's labelled from a particular... I've never heard of half these places this fruit comes from. <laughs> I asked oh, one of the girls. Gonna, that's because you go to crappy little stores where everything's like a pound for a bag for. Hello, you know, excuse like, me, the product, king of Marks and Spencer's. What are you on about? <laughs> I'm the king, I've got a Marks... Listen, I'm practically welcomed in there every morning with open arms. In yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a pound shop shopper. You you're, shut Oh, look, sardines from Kazakhstan. Oh, Three for a quid. I'll go for this that. This is just outrageous. Everybody will tell you that <laughs> I, I, I do Marks and Spencers. I've been doing ugly fruit since before we started talking to you. Well, they don't... They, are, are they still doing food at Marks and Sparks? One of the so leading high street chains. Yeah, right. One of the leading high street huh? chains. Yeah, I get, or, oh, well, you're only you jealous because you don't have it over there. 
We have Marks and Spencers yeah. here, but in comparison to it there, it's rubbish. Uh, I, I mean, they don't do the food. Oh, oh, no, one of them does do food, but it's not the, the, the quality standard or fresh as it is for there. All right. Uh, and all of, the, all of the, the clothes in Marks and Spencers here look as if they're designed for men having a mid-50s crisis. You know, shirts with mixtures of blue and red and uh, uh, denim jackets in the style of a blazer, that sort of thing. The kind of thing you wouldn't touch, you know, even if you were really drunk. <laughs> so I tend to avoid Marks and Spencers here. Yeah. Well, yeah. not let you so see a picture of my wardrobe. There's an awful, awful lot of blues and reds in my wardrobe. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have a denim, denim jacket. jacket styled as a blazer? No, but strangely enough, I did buy one a while ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have a denim, because I, I, look, I, I look pretty good in denim, actually. Has to be said. Do you really? Yeah. You see, I think there should be a, a, a limit to men wearing jeans. <laughs> there has to be an age really? limit where you say, look, jeans don't look good on you. I've just bought two new pairs of jeans. You you wear jeans? I bought, yeah, I wear them every day. Do you wear jeans with shoes or jeans with trainers? Jeans with shoes. Jeans with shoes, yeah. right. Uh, and Is what, that wrong? Yeah, you see... Well, it depends what kind of shoes you're wearing. I mean, are they oh. the pop well, polished and broke? What do you wear? Do you wear jeans? I am incredibly stylish, Steve, as you've probably heard. <laughs> uh, I, I, I it looks like a wear, Toby uh, joke, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but obviously being quite young. I, I wear jeans usually with, with trainers or baseball boots, but I did... Baseball boots? Ago. At your age? What do you mean, your age? I baseball boots? 15 years ago. <laughs> baseball boots? You'll be telling me next year. I, mean, I bet you're the sort of person. It's sandals and socks, isn't it, for you? No, 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 no. Only when I'm in Scandinavia. There you go. Um, I told you. But... <laughs> <laughs> and you I wear trainers. You're way too old to be wearing trainers. No, I'm not. You are so. I, you know, I, I'm an action reporter. I'm an action reporter. I need trainers. Um, or also... Are we talking, um, sorry, are we talking to Nathan Morley in Cyprus, the little rotund yeah. person who modelled for Toby Jugs? We, I mean, <laughs> this is the action reporter. Um, can you put me on to Nathan? I'm speaking to the wrong the person. Little, the little rotund bloke you used to talk to with a smoking problem and, uh, right. and remember... And drink? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> has now got a swimming pool oh. and, and is getting himself in shape. Uh, a completely new man. Really? Completely new. Yeah. Well, yeah I'm looking yeah. forward to a... Yes, you're, you are having a cigarette, aren't you? I oh, know, I just had one now. Yeah. Just before I came on. Yes. <laughs> Amanda called me halfway through. Yes. But I thought you'd <laughs> stopped. I had. And then I went to a, a party. Oh. And it was outrageous. And everybody got stinking drunk. Yeah. And obviously, we all started smoking. Oh. Um, and everybody there at the party was saying, oh, I don't normally smoke. Oh, I haven't smoked. So we all kind of felt this collective guilt and then all had a couple of boxes of cigarettes. Oh, so it made Nathan. it easier, obviously. Well, I was, I was talking to um, uh, Michael, my hairdresser, the other day, because he's uh, he Greek, and I've got quite yeah. a lot of Greeks there. But his, uh, one of his friends, his father's got the dry cleaners in Twickenham, and he'd had a tattoo done the other day. And he'd, he's, he's had the Greek <coughs> cross on his arm, but on his body, oh. at the side, he's had, it looks like a, a tiger... Or something, because he's only right. just had it done. It's all bandaged up and everything else. I'm thinking, I said, has oh. your mum seen that? And he went, no, not yet. So she's going to be thrilled, isn't she? He'll regret it. Well, He'll regret it in years to come when he gets old and it starts to fade and sags and he goes for a serious job out of the hairdressing trade. I know. And they see a great big stinking tattoo, you'll say, God, I wish I never had that done. Not popular. Well, listen, as, a, as, a del- as usual, a delight talking to you. It's always surreal, but it's always extremely exciting. It is exciting. We're looking forward to seeing the new toned you. 
Hey, listen, I'm going to shoot you a picture through. Once I've photoshopped it, it'll be there within yep. 24 to 48 hours. That's fantastic, and we look forward to it arriving. I'll, I'll <laughs> shoot one back by return. Okay, <laughs> look forward to it. In fact, you can see what I look like if you go to the LBC website, because there's the Paris pictures. The, the Paris picture? Yeah, the Paris picture. I, I won't Have say... you been hanging out with that old bar again? Yes. <laughs> well, she didn't want me. She said, I'm making a new You're video. Shameless. I don't care. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> go go and check them out. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> all right. Mind how you go. Bye. There he is. Nathan Wall, the swimming pool. He hasn't. It's all fantasy. The whole thing's fantasy. Got no swimming pool, no nothing. But we, we shall look forward to the pictures arriving. It's quarter to six. <laughs> News headlines this morning. A 200-metre exclusion zone has been set up after a line-side fire involving gas cylinders at a farm in Essex. It's emerged a number of councils invested more than £30 million in banks in Iceland just days before they went bust. And a book of remembrance is being opened for Jade Goody at the church where her funeral would take place a week on Saturday. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. Much recovered. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, we'll start with public transport, actually, because of that line... Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Who's going to cover for Fern when she goes... Not my. Please tell me it's not Marlene Class. Please tell me. No, she wouldn't do it. It's far, you've got to be far too committed. Please tell me it's not Fiona Phillips. It's ridiculous, isn't it? They, they go off one programme and pop up on something else, having told us we were going to get a rest. I don't know. Uh, but they've had some great moments. They've corpsed everything. I don't believe they've fallen out. I don't believe... I don't, I'm not even sure it's over money. I just think she's had enough and she wants to do something completely different. I can't think of any other reason, can you? Oh, here he is, Robbie Williams, out again. And uh, Robbie was going out to the first night of uh, Queen's... We will rock you. And why was he going there? Oh, because his little friend Jonathan Wilkes was in it. So much easier if they just got married, actually, wouldn't it? And then to keep bothered going out everywhere. Tell you, look sensational in the paper today. It's uh, uh, Eva Herzegova making a grand entrance. Uh, she was partying at the Moen uh, Chandon tribute to Cinema Bash in North London. Looked a million dollars. Actually, it was probably a few old page three things in there just to really make it look cheap and horrible. I don't know why. There must be a. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Here she is now. This is uh, Anita after being fired. I mean, she really is Miss Misery. Really, really Miss Misery at all, I'm afraid. I mean, just... It was an honest assessment. Actually, she should have got rid of all of them last night. They were just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, how low today? I'm not keen on doing this. I'm not going to waste time, you know, telling you things, because I, I just don't think that we should have to sort of offer prizes as fantastic as, as this one. In fact, this one today, just to rub salt in the wound of yesterday, when we gave away a Dell laptop... It's uh, a 42-inch LCD television and a Nintendo Wii. Having a laugh, aren't they? You can win both of these in today's How Low auction. You've got until 7 o'clock to win it. It's absolutely outrageous. We shouldn't be allowed to give it... I mean, how are we allowed to give away stuff like this? You know, can't we give away something like a skipping rope or a box of chalk? Why are we giving away a 42-inch LCD television? Uh, the Nintendo Wii, I don't need to tell you about, one of the most popular consoles on the market, and the television, packed full of features like invisible speakers and digital built-in. Lowest unique bid will win. The lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Get your bids in by 7pm today, and you could win this package. It's too good. It really is too good for people. So what you do is you've got to work out together how much they're going to go for. Is it going to be, for example, £2.18? In which case, you text LBC 218 
and then send that to treble eight two one. So you make up your own amount of pence. You text LBC your bid in pence and then send that to treble eight two one. The bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at seven pm today. You must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck. It's far too good to give away. Really is. You know, something like a small food processor would have been more my mark. But a forty-two inch LCD television and a Nintendo Wii. Dreadful. Mandy says Fern's treatment is sexist. I won't watch this morning anymore, and neither will any of my mates. The show has had it today. Well, actually, the trouble is it hasn't. It's still doing great business. Still doing great business. Uh, Steve says Simon, I've listened to LBC from seventy-three. What is that? Where you're living? Number seventy-three. Very good, actually. Uh, and another one here. Lynn says. Having avoided all the nonsense about Jade, my estimation of that lady's gone up. If, as you say, she saved a million, she was obviously really thinking of the boys. I think somebody advised her. I think they said, this is, this is how you save a load of money. And, uh, and she's gone, right, well, that's what I'll do. You know, we'd, we'd have all thought of it. It's either that or set up a foundation. That's a very good way of doing it. Legal, of course. Uh, Steve says, John, you're spot on about the latest Bond dross. Just who is it aimed at? All cut and pasted together. I tried to follow the unbelievable plot, but my bloodhound went comatose halfway through. At the beginning of it, it's done like um, a pop video. It's just impossible to watch. It's cutaway shots, and it's, it's just rubbish. I got so angry watching it. So instead, I took it out of the machine. Actually, I've come to regret it, because now my... Uh, my uh, machine has jammed with a CD in there, with with the DVD of The Forbidden City, because I was a bit excited yesterday. You remember about getting the uh, Forbidden City double DVD, which went on the television, because I thought this was where the Last Emperors lived, which of course they did. Hence, the Last Emperor, that Bernardo Bertolucci film. But it isn't till you watch this DVD that you realise that the place was ruled by corruption. The person who was the emperor shouldn't have been the emperor. He was a warlord. And what he did was he murdered his cousin so that he could then become emperor. Uh, They brought in, at one point, there were 300,000 people living inside the Forbidden City. More than 20,000 were eunuchs. And these were people who went in. All All the women in there were prostitutes. Uh, and they were got from Korea. They went to Korea. They sent out a message saying... And these women had to come and pass examinations. They whittled them down, in one case, I think, on one day, from 100 down to 10. And those 10, they examined their hands. They had to go for medicals. They examined their teeth. They had to make sure that they were... And they had to be pure. They weren't looking for anybody who'd been around the block a few times. So they had to do that. And then they were promised a life of unrivaled luxury. They couldn't go anywhere outside the Forbidden City. Their entire life was in the Forbidden City. If they wanted gold or books or jewellery or clothes, it was got for them. All they had to do was ask one of the eunuchs. And the eunuchs went in exactly the same way. So in other words, if, if you wanted to be a eunuch, you had your, your bits cut off. You went to a person and you were then ferried back to the, uh, the city and you lived a life of luxury. Because they worked on the assumption that if you had your bits cut off, your loyalty was to the emperor. So, in other words, the only person they were in love with was the emperor. But the place was a bloodbath. I mean, it was just fantastic. The marble that was brought down and the stone and the trees. It's just a living work of art. You've got to go see it or at least get a DVD or a book of pictures out. It's fantastic. But I'm halfway through and now the blooming DVD's jammed in it. And, and the motor's going, and I'm like, oh, no. And unfortunately, the television's built in with the DVD. So I might, they always go wrong, these stupid things. I might have to go and get another one today. I don't know. Just when you think you don't need to buy anything else, there's always something, isn't there? Actually, we also have to, um, 
What else we got to buy today? Oh no, we got to pay visa bill. We got to pay oh, something. Send money to an account. Stuff like that. Uh, so don't forget it's Wilson's Music Hall, one hundred and fiftieth birthday, and that's this Sunday. I think it's twelve to five. Twelve in the uh, at lunchtime until five. So that's fantastic, isn't it? Eight three five zero. Steve at LBC dot Malachi says, "Wouldn't surprise me if Fiona Phillips turned out to be Fern's replacement." Uh, she's the only presenter I can think of who has the same likability factor as Fern. I don't know, she's been dire on loose women. I mean, she really has been absolutely dire on loose women. Uh, 84850, another one here. Uh, you do not save inheritance tax by getting married alone. Jade would have to have left money to Jack or given him a life interest to get the spouse exemption for inheritance. As you say, she left him nothing, so no saving to inheritance tax unless she's left money to charity. They've set up a foundation. That's what they've done. They've set up a foundation. And as anybody will tell you, it's a legal way of um, not paying very much tax at all. <laughs> it's quite handy. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. When I see good-looking women who have tattoos, she must have the mind of a chav. They look at the beautiful ladies of days gone by. They didn't deface their arms, legs and the back of their backs with ugly tattoos. Well, as I say, everybody yesterday was comparing tattoos. I was the only one who didn't have one. Felt a bit left out, really. Oh, deli- oh crack of the coffee's rough this morning, isn't it? Mind you, it wakes you up. Bing! Lovely. Um, more on Jade today. She looks like Sleeping Beauty, says her mum, because she's dressed her in her wedding dress and she's put her makeup on. And apparently it's glitter makeup. Bit bizarre, isn't it? I've never heard of glitter makeup. I don't know what glitter makeup is. Oh, you've got. Oh, blimey. The producer's got some. There's a worry, isn't it? Uh, there's also some parents in the paper today. Now, you can understand how this mistake occurred. So you'd have thought they'd have been sent to and just gone, listen, I'm terribly sorry. And it's a couple whose daughter died. OK, two months ago she died. Unfortunately, the school sent her a letter blasting her poor attendance. And the, the parents have said, this is absolutely uh, disgusting. I screamed when I saw it. Unfortunately, it was generated by a computer. The computer puts these things in and it sent the letter out. So, I mean, surely just a little modicum of intelligence would have saved people screaming and getting all over irate and going to the papers. It's LBC. When you run your own business, there's very... Point three. Morning, team. It's seven minutes past six. You know, yesterday was such a strange day. If you were a tourist in the capital, you must be thinking, come to England, get every season in an hour. Because it was freezing cold yesterday. As I went back, I'm thinking, golly, it's cold. Perhaps I'll go and get my coat out, the cleaners again. I could check up on tattoos, because we were doing a tattoo day yesterday. And then, in the afternoon, it was very nice. And then the sun shone. And then the next minute, it's bucketing down. It was, it was like a monsoon. And then it brightened up again. And then it went cold. And then we climbed to bed last night, and it was absolutely freezing. And now I'm looking out the window thinking, I wonder what kind of day it's going to be. I wonder really whether or not we're going to have another one of these mixtures of sunshine and showers. So I quickly, being mindful of the fact that he does write it all out for us, I can tell you today, cloudy with light patchy rain to start. That's all I need, because I didn't bring an umbrella. If I feel such a fool walking down the road with a Tesco bag over my head, it's not an attractive look at the best of times. Sunny spells mixed with blustery showers. 13 centigrade, same as uh, yesterday. Tonight, clear skies, dry but chilly with a fresh breeze. Slightly colder than last night. And tomorrow, Friday, start of the weekend for many of you, cloudy and windy, scattered showers and the odd sunny spell. It's going to be 11 degrees. Saturday's colder, mix of showers and sunny spells. Boat race Sunday. This is not bad, actually. Dry with lots of spring sunshine, a light north to northeast easterly breeze, feeling quite chilly. I'm going to tell you tomorrow as well, and it's to, not to go any further, because nobody else will tell you this, but I'm going to tell you the best place, two places I've got, to watch the boat race. They're not known 
to, to, the, to the general public. So if I tell you tomorrow, it's not to go any further. And I found this out from the, uh, the lady who organises the boat race. OK, I'm not going to tell you anything else, but just tomorrow on the programme, I will, I will let you know. I shouldn't, I shouldn't really, because it's going to kill it for the locals. But there's two places which you get the best view of the boat race. The best, and nobody else knows about it. OK, that'll be tomorrow on the programme. That's what's called a tease. A tease is, I'm with you till seven. This morning, Nick Ferrari is with you just after the news at seven. Siobhan Wikes is doing the papers today. Uh, regarding the jammed DVD player, power up the machine till it reads the DVD again, eject the disc and try another one. It won't eject the disc, that's the trouble. It's not ejecting the disc. I mean, if it ejected the disc, uh, it's, it, it's OK, but I can't get it to eject the disc. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to unplug it, plug it back in again and hope it will reboot the system, but it doesn't seem to be doing it. Failing that, I've squirted air in there and done everything else. It just ain't working, I'm afraid. Simon Cowell claims that uh, Prince Philip called him a sponger. Anybody less of a sponger than Simon Cowell, you'd be hard-pushed to find, wouldn't you? I mean, that man works like there's no tomorrow. Works like a Trojan, my mother would say. Looks like one sometimes in the wrong light. But he works really hard. A sponger, he isn't. He definitely is not a sponger. Uh, Brian in Hampton Hill took Iris to see Quantum at Kingston. We couldn't make head nor tail of it either, and the sound was deafening. Well, I thought it was just... When I started watching it, I mean, I'm used to watching Bond films. This one didn't mean absolutely anything to me. It was all very rough, and, and, and at the beginning, for about the first 10, 15 minutes, I couldn't make head nor tail of it at all. Can you imagine, Steve, Elizabeth Taylor or Vivian Lee? Having tattoos. No, absolutely not. And yet you've got Vic Beckham. Mind you, a name like Vic. You know, what else can you expect? You know, people walk about with tattoos. David Beckham with tattoos all up his arm and everything else. In America, it's called trailer trash. Trailer trash have tattoos. Nobody else. Over here, I mean, I have to be honest. I'll not, I'll not beat around the bush here. I'll tell you quite honestly. I have on odd occasions fancied a small tattoo. But then somebody said it hurts. Uh, I don't really do pain. Some people enjoy the pain bit. I'm not doing it. And then yesterday we were talking to the lad from the dry cleaners and he was saying, it doesn't really hurt, only if you watch the needle. Well, what else? You know, I find having blood taken fairly traumatic, I'm afraid. I don't like that. The needles always look huge to me. Uh, What does Fern Cotton do? I don't know, she turned up on the television yesterday plugging something. You can always tell, if a celebrity's been knocked in the press, they turn to charity. Uh, Rebecca in Weybridge says, I wonder how you can give these prizes away too. There's a recession on. Everybody else is tightening their belts except you lot. Keep it going. It is. This is in the how low. And if you've only just woken up, I'm a, for the second day running, I'm a, I've had it up. I'm going to have to do a letter to somebody because this is just getting stupid. We're giving away prizes worth serious money. You know, we should be giving away something like, you know, a paper bag or something from the pound shop that you can, you know, a small pair of cheap secateurs. Not, you know, anything like a set of glasses would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Not a 42-inch LCD television, and, as if that wasn't enough, a Nintendo Wii. I mean, I've written to them, I've just done a letter to the management saying, this, do you really expect people to believe that we've got a 42-inch LCD television to give away, and a Nintendo Wii? And they said, but we have. And then they showed me them. And I said, but why can't we give away something like a set of placemats for sort of Lake Windermere or something, or a picture of the Loch Ness Monster as drawn by a three-year-old? And they said, because we, we've decided to give away posh prizes on the Hallow. I said, well, it's embarrassing. We're in a recession, and people can win these for pennies. They don't even have to cough up, you know, the amount of money it's cost us. Pennies, these things go for. Both of them together. So we're not even splitting the prize. One person will get both. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. So if you think it's going to go for, just supposing, one pound ninety eight, you text LBC one nine eight, 
And then you send that to treble eight two one eight 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 two one. So LBC, then your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. Only costs one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at seven p.m. this evening. Somebody's going to win this by seven. It's not even like wait till Christmas. Seven p.m. this evening, you can win this. You've got to be over sixteen, though. That is the stipulation. It's no good telling fibs. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Awful. Eight four eight five zero. You're quite right, says Lynn, about the odd weather. My haver here, hay fever here, big time. Fantastic. 84850, uk. Uh, Steve, there's one reason why Jade Goody got maximum publicity and all her finances sorted so well. The backing of Max Clifford. Absolutely. Max Clifford is the genius. We've always said that. This is a man, I didn't know as well, according to Paper Day, he manages Shilpachetti who sadly can't make it for Jade's funeral. She's opening a cricket tournament somewhere in the world. LBC 97.3 Brent Cross Morning, everybody. Nice to be company and a very, very warm welcome to our dear friend Roger Foss. Morning, Roger. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. On this lovely day, I'm looking out the window and I'm thinking, I hope it's a nice day. And then I read the forecast and they go, there's going to be showers, I'm afraid. Oh, never mind. Like yesterday was uh, was one minute, as you said earlier, (laughs) the sky was bright blue. And I looked out and I thought, I can't believe this. It was like total darkness and rain everywhere and Mm. wind and everything all in one go. And then suddenly it all disappeared. Fantastic, isn't it? (laughs) Fantastic. <laughs> but so if anyway, you feel, sorry. Well, I, mean, I was going to say, if you feel a bit under the weather, the only thing to do really is to go and see Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, at the Palace Theatre. Is this actually going to chew? Uh, cheer, sorry, chew you. Is it going to cheer you up? <laughs> <laughs> chew you. It will chew you up. So. Actually, they chew the scenery. Do you know what I mean? It's so over the top. It's not true. I mean, this is uh, really the. Australian stage version, stage musical version of the of the movie, you know, about the three drag queens travelling off to, on a bus called Priscilla all the way from Sydney to Alice Springs and, uh, and it's what happens on the way before they get there. And I've got to say on stage this, I mean, a lot of people have said, oh, you know, it's all too loud, it's all too over the top and I mean, some of the gags are a bit near the knuckle, you know, but then I think drag queens never did mince their words, did they? I mean, it's, it's, it's very much in your face. And, uh, I, I, and that's actually the reason why I liked it. I like a bit of good old-fashioned vulgar- vulgarity, yes. you know. Yes, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily at this time of the morning, but generally speaking, I mean, I think I, oh. I used to know most of the drag queens' routines. And people yeah. like Mark Fleming and, yeah. and even dear old Mrs Shufflewick, old Rex, yeah, used to absolutely. come up with some priceless stuff. That's right. And I mean, you know, as I say, you know, people... Drag queens, you know, have to be like that. You know, mm. you can't expect them to go kind of, you know, mincing around being like like sissies, you know. No. It's not like that. And I think that's one of the things about this show, that you've got to remember that. And, and, and actually, probably, you know, if you've got kids, leave them at home. Because it's, 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 it's got some great gags in it, mm. including some of the stuff from the movie, that wonderful moment when <laughs> the guy they meet on the world has got, on the, on the way to Alice Springs, has got a a Thai bride, and uh, and she does various things with ping-pong balls, that's all I'll say, accompanied by the song Pop Music. Oh, my God. <laughs> down, down, down. Uh, oh, pop, but, pop, um, pop music. <laughs> pop music, that's yes. right. And, uh, listen, I mean, it brought the house down, but nevertheless, the whole show, I think, really hinges around the three stars, you know. And, of course, Jason Donovan 
has been in drag before doing the Rocky Horror Show, so he's no stranger to fishnets, although he doesn't wear any fishnets in this, actually. He's got loads of feathers, loads of makeup, and uh, he's the dad, you know. He's actually the gay dad who was married and uh, goes off to Alice Springs to meet his wife and, and, and make contact with a son that he's never really seen, an eight-year-old kid, you know. And that's really the story, in a way, but it's what happens to them on the way, isn't it? And yeah. um, the Terence Stamp character, Bernadette, who uh, is played here by Tony Sheldon, who no-one will know here in London, but nevertheless is a huge, great, big star in Australia. He has his name um, above Jason Donovan's, I believe. His what? His name is above Jason Donovan's on the poster. His name is above Jason Donovan's, oh. and yet it's an unknown name to us. Yes, it's, yes. It's, you know, I mean, we, you know, we all know Jason, but um, Tony Sheldon has now established himself here in the West End, but I think it's going to be hard for him to come back without bringing a frock with him, you know. Um, But the thing is, you have to remember that this character, Bernadette, is not actually a drag queen. Bernadette is actually a transsexual. And in in fact, has already had the operation, uh, was called Ralph, and is now a lady. So... <laughs> it's it's all very gender confusing and all of that, but that's all part of the fun, isn't it? Really, and I'm the told that the uh, the lights on on the bus are very good. The lights on the bus, the bus lights up. I wish all the London buses were like that. Oh, you me know, too. wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> the same as all the Blackpool trams. They light up. Wouldn't it make London more exciting if all the buses wow. were covered with thousands of LEDs and stuff like that? Yeah, wouldn't it It'd be great? Mm. Wouldn't it? We wouldn't have bendy buses. We'd have bent buses. Yes, I'd love it. I mean, it would just look. It'd be, it would make people feel happier. I think it would, and I think that's what this show does, actually. And, and especially at a time like this, you know, where everyone's worried about money, you don't mind spending a few quid on going to see a show mm. that you know is basically, it's got a good story at the heart of it, but basically is enormous fun. Yeah. And it hasn't really, you know, let's face it, we've got drag all over the West End, haven't we, with um, Michael Ball still in Hairspray, and uh, La Caja Fall, you know, with yeah. Graham Norton. And, um, no, not with and, Graham and, Norton. Oh, it is with Graham Norton. Sorry, it is with Graham Well, Norton. for a little yeah. while, yes. Yeah. Then he, he'll be leaving and, uh, um, um, and, and there'll be more cast changes. But, but you know, this, this is all, all to do with enjoying life, I think. And I know I Am What I Am is the great song in La Cage and Hairspray is also about difference and, and acceptance. But Priscilla's got that Australian edge, you know. It's mm. a bit like Dame Edna. It's gaudy and you love it. And, Who's back? Uh, Who's back? Dame Edna is back. Yes. <laughs> Getting ready to do the, the last night of the Poms again, I think. I know, I know, but Dame Edna's got competition here, hasn't she? Oh, absolutely. You know. we're, we're fighting over Australian drag queens. Absolutely, and I thought this show actually is so outrageous. The costumes are unbelievable, and there's incredible costume changes, and uh, there's one dance routine where they all come on swirling around dressed as cupcakes... And I thought this whole show has got to be designed and produced and put together by Dame Edna's son, Kenny. It's got yes, all of yes. that <laughs> over-the-top campness to it. <laughs> but the audience have loved it. I mean, you know, it, it's great fun. And I think Priscilla will be queen of the desert. It will probably reign over the West End for quite some time. Excellent. But not for young children, it has to be said. I think, you know, under 16-year-olds, well, leave them at home with a nanny, preferably yeah. Mrs Doubtfire. Yes. <laughs> You, Virginia, don't fail, darling. Uh, <laughs> yes. But in the programme, it's interesting. There's a... Because I was watching it and I thought, you know, this is the same theatre that Danny LaRue did um, 
Danny at the Palace oh, for all yes. those years yes. brought drag to a popular audience. And I, I, I thought, oh, I hope people remember that. And, of course, I then opened the programme in the interval to see that they That's have it. remembered that. Yes. And there's a big picture of Danny in his, all his glory and gigantic train of feathers. But also went all the way people. up the stairs. <laughs> it went all the way up the stairs. Yes. I mean, absolutely massive, probably more outrageous and more glamorous than anything in Priscilla, actually. I don't think... I remember years ago when, when Danny started and he turned up on the good old days and he did Danny at the Palace. I don't think anybody had ever seen anything so glamorous. When he stood at the top of that staircase in this pink outfit with feathers and a train that went all... Yeah. Designed by, I think, Mark Cantor, who did all of Danny's costumes... Yeah. That's I don't think right. we'd ever seen the like of it before. So every time he turned up on the television, people used to... We were always disappointed on the, um, on the City Variety's leads because he'd do his, his first act dressed up as, as, uh, as a woman and then when he came back yeah. after it, he'd just be wearing a suit and it wasn't half as exciting. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting. But, but, I want to see what he looked like. The film Our Miss Fred is, uh, is out. Oh, yes, that's Danny as a bloke. Yes. And, uh, yes, he, and he kind of crosses over, doesn't he? Mm, I, I love, though, that they've done a kind of history of blokes who get into frocks who've appeared at the palace, including, I noticed, Stanley Baxter in 1969 in a musical called Phil the Fluter, dressed as a nun. Yes, well, in fact, Stanley spent most of his time, I think, doing drag, didn't he? I think he did, yes, even at home, probably. Well, <laughs> couldn't possibly comment. But every single Christmas show had him in it. Listen, I've got to leave it there. But, uh, OK, Steve. A pleasure as always. Good luck for the new venture. Oh, yes, I'll tell you all about that next week. All right, we'll look forward to that. Thank you very much indeed. There's our Roger Foss. Steve Allen talks theatre with the Society of London Theatre and TKTS. Don't go anywhere else for genuine half-price tickets. I like that. Well done, Roger. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, a couple of stories. Uh, David Beckham uh, is in the paper. Today. He's got a tattoo as well. Everybody's got tattoos. Only he, he's, he has quite a few tattoos. So I'm not sure, actually looking at them. It looks very painful. Although Mark the Bailiff says that uh, his mate... Wait a minute, I've lost the blooming thing now. I think it was his, his mate, Ron, uh, has got a tattoo. He said, and it's, it's, it's very big. So that's good news, isn't it? I've now lost the blooming thing. Is it typical? Just when you want to find something, you, you close the screen down and it disappears completely. That's like Rob. Mark the bailiff says, Rob, Rob's got a big one. Just how big is big? That's what we need to know in the Stone Age. Uh, Steve, uh, the older you are, the less tattoos will hurt. You won't feel a thing, says Anne. Yeah, right. Uh, Steve, some CD or DVD players have a tiny hole near the disc tray. If you push in a pin or paperclip, the tray should manually open. doesn't have a tray in this one, I'm afraid. This one just takes it in. It's the motors that drag it in. I'll have a look. But uh, I think very, very unlikely. Jade Goody set up a fun for a boy. She'd run by three of her closest friends. Tweety and her mother have no say in it. So, that, yeah, we knew about that. That's Max and the woman from Living and Somebody Else. So that's good. And uh, Steve, says John in Islington, the weather reminds me of a song called Four Seasons in One Day. Thank you. LBC 97.3. Don't forget, tomorrow morning I shall be telling you two secret places that not many people know about so you can watch the boat race on Sunday without being pestered by millions of other people. And one of them's actually got a big screen up as well. Before that, the uh, sports news. And the horse racing in a moment <laughs> with our sports editor, Phil Blacker. Yeah, good morning. It's uh, looking increasingly likely that England will be without both Peter Crouch and Sean White Phillips for Saturday's friendly against Slovakia. They missed a second day of training yesterday. Crouch with a calf injury and White Phillips with an ankle problem. Meanwhile, coach Fabio Capello is reported to have spoken to both Wayne Rooney and Ashley Cole about their disciplinary problems. 
He jokingly called Rooney a crazy guy after his sending off at Fulham last weekend and is said to have had a private word with Cole after his recent arrest outside a West London club, reminding both players of their responsibilities. Tottenham manager Harry Redknapp's downplaying a rift with the FA, though, over Ledley King's call-up to the England squad. He was said to be upset that the defender was picked ahead of the next two internationals despite his long-term knee problem and then sent home a day later. Redknapp now says King should play for England and should be at the World Cup, but still stressing he's only capable of one game a week. Now, Lewis Hamilton has hinted for the first time he could walk away from McLaren if they can't provide him with a competitive car. The Brits previously said he'd spend his entire career with the team, but they've been off the pace in testing for the new season, which starts with the first practice session in Australia late tonight. But with cost cutting across the board, Hamilton says every team is suffering. It's a new year, it's a, it's a tough time for the whole world and it's affecting Formula 1 as well and, and for our team, I mean, all the cars have changed. Sometimes, some teams may be at the front, some teams may switch around, who knows. Meanwhile, a number of teams are ready to stage a protest before Sunday's opening race in Melbourne. Renault and Red Bull in particular are known to be unhappy at the likes of Braun GP and Toyota using a rear diffuser on their cars to increase downforce, which they argue is illegal. Colin Montgomery joins a select group of golfers today when he tees off at the Andalusia Open in the next hour. He becomes only the 18th man to play in 500 European Tour events. Monty's told Sky Sports News he's covered a fair few miles during that time. What it means to me is I, I think I've walked to Hong Kong, uh, which is staggering, which is a real worry, isn't it? But that's what 500 tournaments is, I believe. And it's a busy day of racing. Five meetings today. They go at Carlisle, Hereford, Southall, Tochester and Wolverhampton. And Steve Allen's racing tip is next. LBC Sport with Dawkins Bailiffs, helping commercial landlords get what they're owed. As usual, Mr Blacker returned to an old trick, Alexander said, in, a, in an effort to save money. <laughs> a non-runner. It was a non-runner, so he saved £2. His total profit is £7.21. However, for Alex, ee, Phoenix Flight won. I did it. Tote return £4.40, profit £2.40, but his total loss is now £22.31. So you're, you're, you're still way ahead. Well, sort of. Uh, so we'd be nice to have a winner today. Yes, you know, it would be. It cheer would us be. up. Yeah, time for the it's, it's it's due, I think, today. Yeah. Are you are you racing at Wolverhampton or are you? I'm not. I'm going to Carlisle. Actually, oh right. Well, he's off to Wolverhampton. The eight twenty romantic retreat. Okay. Sounds nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to Carlisle as I say, two twenty five cornerback to win. Cornerback. Yeah. Does that mean anything? Is that is that a rugby term? Cornerback. I don't think so. It's not rugby. It's more American football. But right. Not quite. That's more of a quarterback. Quarterback. Yes, I've heard it. Of, isn't yes. really a quarterback at all. A lot of running around. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I remember going to New York years and years ago, and there was a queue which seemed to run for about 30 blocks, and it was some baseball star who was some... Oh, yeah. Baseball is huge in Massive America. over there, I mean, yeah. I can't believe how big it is. It's rounders, isn't it? But they love exactly. it. Exactly. It's a girly game. But they you love can it. see these men who put little pads on, <laughs> you know, and all the rest. You think, oh, dear, I'm afraid wusses every single one of them. <laughs> so, 820 Wolverhampton, romantic retreat win only, and yours is? Uh, 225 at Carlisle, cornerback. To Excellent. Win. All right, we'll find out tomorrow morning. We only play for fun, remember, isn't it? It can't be serious, isn't it? <laughs> not, with our, not with our track records. Perhaps we'd be better asking you to vote for some of these. <laughs> we probably would, actually. <laughs> Phil, thank you very much. Thank you. Phil's back a little bit later on with Nick Ferrari after the news at seven, when Siobhan Wykes, editor of Love It, will be uh, doing the papers. They're also going to be talking about whether or not the recession is driving us to gardening. And the guest is going to be Alan Ditchmarsh. Well, how surprising is that? Is the recession driving us to gardening? Actually, I was speaking to a lady in the supermarket the other day. She was, she was queuing up behind me, and I'd, I bought a few things. can't remember what it was now. And she had one of these gardening magazines, and it had a free packet of seeds. And I just happened to look at it, and she said, you're looking at, at, uh, at my gardening mag." I said, you know, I said, I love gardening, strangely enough. And the older you get, the more therapeutic it becomes. And she said, oh, I love it. 
She said, I absolutely love it. I said, well, I like it too. <laughs> I must start sorting out all the hanging baskets and everything else this year because it's, it just makes you feel a bit better, doesn't it? I think, well, it makes me feel a bit better. Uh, Aisha, as you're spot on about Simon, he works honestly for his millions. <laughs> Thank you very much. I can't repeat the next line, but it's very funny. We like that a lot. Morning, Dan. Been a while, he says. On holiday at the moment, so getting to sleep in till about seven. Just feeding the girls now, so hi to Danny, Miley and Grace. Hope you're recording all these things when they're old enough to understand. Mind you, very shortly they will be sort of, you know, they'll be waking up to Uncle Steve's voice in the morning. Just tell, can't you, really? Uh, have you ever tried pushing the eject button on your remote control? The eject button on a DVD player may be faulty. I only use the eject button on the remote control, and it worked to put it in there. I'm, I might just throw it away and buy another one. I'm feeling that kind of mood today. Uh, another one here. Uh, uh, Ian says, talking about Quantum of Solace, did you see the other Bond film, Casino Royale? Because you have to see that one, because Quantum is the follow-up. Well, I don't like... I like individual stories. I'm better with individual stories. I under them, uh, understand them an, an awful lot better. Uh, Amanda says, some buses have moving dot matrix. They did that for Nanny McPhee. Do you remember the Nanny McPhee adverts? And they had it was all... Still one of my favourite movies. Still one of my favourite movies. Uh, 84850, uk. Steve Morden said, if you don't want the Bond DVD, can I have it? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Although, I, as I say, I, I was complaining bitterly on the programme yesterday about having, having, having to pay for the blooming thing, nine ninety nine, when I could have gone to Tesco's and got it a little bit cheaper. <laughs> In the papers today, as you know, they're all talking about uh, Fern, and uh, she's walked out of this morning. Well, she hasn't walked out. She's still going to be there today. Of course, you're all going to be watching now, aren't you? Just to, to find out if or not there's any chemistry between her and Phil. The papers were alluding to the fact, a little bit more than alluding, uh, saying that they've fallen out because of the money. I don't believe that they have. Uh, also, television favourite Sir David Jason apologised after cracking a joke about Pakistanis on a live radio show. This is the joke. I merely repeat it, because later on today, you'll, you'll be phoning in various radio programmes on LBC and discussing whether or not you think this is a racist joke. David Jason... Uh, uh, said this uh, this joke, he says, and it's it's a very old one. I mean, this goes back even before I was born, I think. What do you call a Pakistani cloakroom attendant? After a brief pause, he delivered the punchline, me hat, me coat. And the host of the programme said, I think that's enough of that. So then, uh, race campaigners and media watchdogs have criticised the inappropriate gag. Mohammed Shafiq of the Ramadan Foundation, which campaigns for a positive image, says these are inappropriate remarks for a stereotype that may have held a little water in the 50s and 60s. But it's so old, isn't it, that gag? Is it actually offensive? I can remember, I've told you before, that LBC used to have a programme called Geek Mala with Suresh Joshi, and his line used to be, practically every week, he'd say to me, you know, Steve, why, why Asians cannot play football? Because every time they get a corner, they open a shop. And that was it. So is it OK for Asians to make jokes about it? Because my hat, my coat, I mean, goes back donkey shears. I mean, to be honest with you, it was never really that funny first time round. Unless, of course, some people seriously think that that's offensive. It's amazing what, what people get offended of nowadays, isn't it? I mean, it, it really is. Quite, there's um, um, uh, a story in one of the papers today, and I'm probably not going to be able to find it in time. I'm, I'm too busy taking up with looking at Spandau Ballet, thinking some of them look really good and some of them look like they've aged quite badly. Uh, then the other story about the HSBC shedding 1,200 jobs, which is not, uh, not particularly good news. And um, the fishermen who clubbed to death, clubbed to death 21 
uh, Grey Seals was jailed for 80 days yesterday. He's a fisherman, I think, called James Stewart. He used a fence post. I won't go into the gory details. You've seen it before on television when people go out and do the annual seal cull. Uh, he did it. I've got no idea why. Uh, he earns... Strangely enough, this is a fisherman, James Stewart. He earns £74,000 a year. I always thought fishermen, for some reason, I don't know, perhaps I was a bit, a bit misguided on this one, were earning so little, they were out there on the high seas and they didn't earn anything. Uh, he earns £74,000 a year. This is for a fisherman. They're obviously, doing, obviously making better money than I thought, I'm afraid. Own brands are soaring, a shopper's hunt bargain groceries. Do you do that? Do you go round and, and try and discover whether or not things are cheaper here? And there? Have you got time to do that nowadays? Do people seriously go out there and go, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll have a look at, oh, that's, mm, I wonder if HP beans are cheaper. And you never know, do you? You actually have to go around and sort of start pricing things up. Do people still do that? There is an incredible story in the Express today about a woman who is the longest person in a coma. She's in a diabetic coma, and she's been in it since the age of 16. She's now, I think, 55. And she's been a diabetic coma. Some members of the family have died looking after her. She's still there. All she, she's not dead. She can uh, cough and move her eyes. She can't open her eyes. And she's been in this coma. She is the world's longest surviving coma victim. And uh, the sister who's looked at 39 years, the sister's been looking after her. Isn't that absolutely amazing? One, one sister died and uh, the other one has, has, has picked up. There's also a great story. Uh, it's the last survivors from The Great Escape. Uh, in the Express today, paying homage to a man who hatched some of the war's most ingenious breakouts. Hitler, of course, was furious at those who got away in the Great Escape and ordered that when they were recaptured, they were to be shot immediately. Thus they did, and lots of other people were shot. It's a fascinating story. Uh, those responsible for the murders after the war were either hanged or imprisoned, so there is justice and there is a God. Daily Star today tell you the uh, very sad news that Jack Tweed could be offered thousands to write his life story. Day one, went out for curry. Day two, beat up a 15-year-old boy. Day three, went to prison. This is LBC.3. Quite nice, isn't it? One of the papers today, they've done a, a photo call of the women voted the world's most stunning politicians. Uh, sadly, uh, Anne Widdicombe, Ruth Kelly, Margaret Beckett, Theresa May, Claire Short and Tessa Jowell didn't make the list. I know you're a little bit gutted by that. Uh, and a couple who've been branded racist for saying that gypsies should clean up any mess they make. I don't know why. I mean, surely that, that applies to anybody. You move into somewhere and you make a mess, you should pay to clean it up. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're black, white, walking about on one leg, or, you know, you're a, a sparrow hawk. I don't really care. You should clean up. It's as simple as that, but of course people are going, oh, you can't say that, can you? Seems to be nothing you say nowadays. We're living in an, an, an age of ninnies, as far as I'm concerned. I can't find this story, and I was desperate to find it for you earlier on, about uh, a man who worked on a farm for 27 years, and he thought he was going to be left it in the will, and he wasn't. And he'd worked the land, and he'd worked it so hard. But anyway, luckily, the law lords have overturned the ruling, and they've said, yes, you will have that farm. So they've given it to him. So I think that's quite nice. That sort of cheered me up a little bit. Well, I say cheered me up a little bit. I was, I was more intrigued by a, a story that appeared in uh, a lot of the papers today, A, about uh, Jack Tweed, who apparently is going to have a tattoo on his body. Uh, it's going to be on his ribcage or across his heart going, call me and I will answer. I didn't get it either. And apparently uh, he's considering old English script. The couple's bridesmaid have also agreed to have the body art done. A little bit peculiar, this, isn't it? Uh, and the son can say that he plans to visit his wife's body one last time. They're only married for a matter of... How, how long was it? Days or something? 
But anyway, Jack feels he needs to say a final goodbye. He's so down at the moment, he isn't sure he could forgive himself if he didn't take the final opportunity to tell her he loves her. Been out for dinner twice since she died. I don't want to sort of put a cynical approach on it. But apparently, you know, if he, if he writes this book, this will be very cathartic. It'll also be a way of trying to make some money, I'm assuming, seeing as she never left him anything in the will. Peaches Geldof is going to go bananas because Max uh, Drumney is giving her the finger by swapping her for a chimpanzee. Not very nice, is it? And there's bargains all over the place. Everybody's got sales going at the moment. And I love the idea of, uh, of sales. I think it's fantastic. Mind you, it's, it's only good news if you actually need to buy something. And, uh, and there was another story. I wish I'd... Honestly, if you find these things, and then two seconds later, they blew in disappear. Do you know how old Cindy Crawford is? I, th- I seriously thought the supermodel Cindy Crawford was about 55, 60, and they're going, she's still stunning at 43. And I thought, I thought she was much older than that anyway. I can't believe she's only 43. Uh, other stories in the paper today. Kelvin McKenzie's talking about uh, Sally Bowman, the father, Paul Bowman, father of Sally Ann Bowman, whose beautiful life was ended by a knife-wielding pervert. Uh, also, uh, Stuart Lubbock's father is uh, now received an anonymous letter saying he thinks that there was a policeman at the uh, party at Michael Barrymore's house. And the police have said, no, 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 no. Uh, much wailing and weeping over OK Magazine publishing Jade Goody's obituary last Wednesday, four days before she actually died. Clearly it was a commercial decision, says Kelvin McKenzie. Uh, also, uh, shame on, uh, what magazine was it the other day? Metro. You had to think about Tams in Althwaite, and they put down, they always do a, a celebrity, and they put down what they've done and what they haven't done. And this, this particular one said that she was a presenter of Jonathan King's No Limits programme. I don't know where they got their information from. She was never a presenter on Jonathan King's No Limits programme. And I remember, and in fact, I even had to check it myself last night just to find out whether or not it was true. And, uh, and it wasn't, I'm afraid. But here she is, the Star Wars fan, Stuart Robinson. Here he is, I do beg his pardon. Who had a wedding day surprise from his bride. She got Darth Vader to Skywalker down the aisle. Good news, isn't it? Because people are obsessed by these uh, these films. And here is male mum, Thomas Beatty. It's actually a woman. It's not a, it's not a man at all. It's a woman. Let's not be silly about this. Uh, posing with first baby Susan Juliet and expecting another tot in June. They say that uh, Tracy, now Thomas, became the world's first pregnant man. It's a woman. OK, men cannot get pregnant. I'm sorry about that. It's just a biological fact. It doesn't work. Women get pregnant. Uh, also... Uh, now, why did I save this one here? Oh, I saved that for something else. A third of women, you know, keep uh, up with their friends through texting or the internet. Texting is just big business now, as I know. And Roy's going in for dialysis this morning. So, good news there. And, uh, uh, Paul says if Jack Tweed comes into money, could his victim not put in a claim for compensation? No idea. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, you see, loads of people have just got, uh... Uh, these uh, jokes, which I no doubt you'll be hearing a little bit later on this morning. Uh, Steve, I'm Indian. I don't find that gag at all offensive. Uh, uh, Steve, use a hammer to get the DVD out, says Barry. (laughs) Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. I'm not really sure I could try that one, but if it works, I'm willing to try. You will enjoy looking at the pictures of Spandau Ballet. I think you'll probably enjoy going to see them when they they start touring again. And, uh, And here is a picture of lots of little babies... Seven little water babies, because apparently babies love bathing. And people do these underwater births now, don't they? And uh, I I was never particularly good, actually, at doing swimming at an early age. I don't know why, it just wasn't my kind of thing. But I must uh, mention Brian Reid, who says the biggest shock in Paul Gascoigne's latest PR campaign, apart from him redefining wife-beating as sticking up for your mam, 
is Richard Madeley's part in it. According to Gaza, at the height of his drink-fuelled paranoia, he would make 3am phone calls to the chat show host to ask if he thought he was making sense. And Madeley not only listened, but rang him back. Brian Reid says, you have to ask, you know, and give Madeley respect for that. You have to ask where Judy's hubby found the experience to deal with a rambling wreck who'd been on the sauce all night. Other stories in the papers today. More than 100 airport baggage handlers have lobbied MPs yesterday in a bid to get heavy bags banned from passenger flights. I totally agree. Takes forever. And McCabe in Crystal Palace says, it's good news. Twickenham has the busiest fishmonger I've ever seen. Saturday morning, I passed the shop en route to Orleans Gardens for the local community fitness session, and there's already a queue. By 11.30, it stretches way down the road, naturally for Twickenham, in an orderly manner. It's quite right, actually. We're, we're, we're very good at queuing in Twickenham. We, we do it so well. It's only in other countries they don't queue. We, we queue here because we enjoy queuing. That's as simple as that. Just about it for this morning. 8 for 850. Uh, and Annette says... I mean, who is Alex, your horse-picking guy? Your current sports editor, Phil, seems to know what he's doing. It's been a long time since he's been in the red. He gets very near it. He gets very near. Uh, 84850. Uh, Lynn says, don't have a tattoo. So a lot of you are saying don't have tattoos nowadays. I still might. I might, but I probably won't, actually. And it's March winds and early April showers all rolled into one this week. Certainly is. Do please go to lbc.co.uk. Bargain of the week, according to Pat, is Casino Royale in HMV for £4. Thank you. I have it already. I might go and watch it a little bit later. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Learn how to podcast. Hope you have a lovely day. It will rain. It'll be one of those, you know, bits of sunshine, and then all of a sudden the rain will come down. So I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Nick's with you after the news. Siobhan Wikes is here to look at the papers, and he'll take your calls and emails and texts on LBC. It was a fine morning, so I 